You're listening to Money Talk on RTHK Radio 3. It's time for a view from Taiwan with Ross Feingold, Business Development Director at SafePro Group. Good morning, Ross, and how was your Christmas? Good morning from Taiwan. Uh, we had uh, a regular day here because it's December 25th is not a public holiday in Taiwan. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that. And you had to work. <laughs> Everybody did. Ah. Oh. Bless you. Anyway, let's get on with the questions. So the chairman of TSMC announced on the 19th of December that he will retire next year. Are there any potential successors? And what will be the impact of this change of CEO on the company? Yeah, so the chairman, Mark Leo, uh, Mandarin Leo, announced he's going to retire. And the uh, plan is for the gentleman who's the current CEO to shift over to being chairman. His name is C.C. Uh, Wei in English or uh, Wei Jia in Mandarin. Uh, generally speaking, um, this was a bit of a surprise, but no one expects uh, it to cause any turmoil or, or uh, any other negative effects within the company. I mean, we have to keep in mind TSMC is very, very very good at what they do. And that includes resilience and includes resilience with personnel as well. So uh, another veteran stepping over from, from CEO to chairman, again, no impact really on the company's operations. Uh, why did Mark Leo decide to retire uh, other than kind of reaching uh, the age when people normally retire anyway? Uh, my own my own theory is uh, it's all the geopolitical stuff. He's probably thinking, you know, I, I signed up to make uh, to manufacture chips for our customers so those nut chips can go into the nice devices that people buy such as iPhones and other electronic gadgetry and he's probably thinking I didn't sign up for this geopolitical mm. stuff but TSMC has certainly been caught in the middle of geopolitics and specifically about the export of uh, the most advanced chips to uh, its previous clients in China and now TSMC is largely cut off uh, due to the US uh, restrictions they're largely cut off from selling the most advanced chips to its customers in China and uh, TSMC for lack of a better word was kind of strong armed into uh, uh, spending a lot of money to build a plant in Arizona, which uh, you know they they didn't really want to do. They they, uh, they got strong armed into building a plant in Germany and Japan as well. And again, I don't think TSMC, uh, all the other things being equal, would want to do that. Their supply chain is here in Taiwan, uh, even though. Uh, Taiwan does have some legitimate concerns about lack of land, lack of water, power, uh, uh, even finding production line employees to work in TSMC's fabs. These are all legitimate issues here in Taiwan, but TSMC has always found a way to overcome those challenges and uh, add additional capacity when necessary here in Taiwan. Uh, but uh, pressure from the politicians and the whole geopolitical scene uh, resulted in TSMC having to uh, put a lot of money into building these fabs in, in the countries I just mentioned, US, Japan, and Germany. And again, I don't think that's what Mr. Leo had signed up for. So he's stepping out at a good time for himself. Moving on to the Taiwan-Canada Investment Promotion and Protection Arrangement, which was signed on the 22nd of December. Will this help Taiwan's potential entry into the, here's another long acronym, CPTPP? 
that's what Taiwan hopes for. The first thing to keep in mind is this is not a free trade agreement. It's not even close to a free trade agreement. It's basically an investment protection agreement along with some other commitments. Uh, what, what the United States or some other countries have recently be, been calling like high quality trade agreements where both sides agree that they're going to implement certain uh, uh, regulations to protect the rights of laborers, to uh, uh, safeguard uh, the environment or flight, fight climate change, et cetera, et cetera. And, and that's basically what the U.S. IPEF, the Indo-Pacific Economic Framework Agreement is. Now, because Taiwan was shut out of the IPEF, it started to look at bilateral agreements. It's working on one with the United States, uh, which is similar to the IPEF, but it's just bilateral instead of multilateral. And it signed one with Canada as well. Look, Taiwan investment in, in Canada or Canadian investment in Taiwan, neither of them were really at risk of appropriation by the governments. Uh, but hey, let's let's. Uh, sign an investment protection agreement. We could shake hands and celebrate. And again, Taiwan has this hope that by signing this agreement with Canada, Canada will become more of a champion for Taiwan to get into the CPTPP. But we have to keep in mind that to get into the CPTPP, you need unanimous support from all the member countries. And because China has also applied, the mainland has also applied, we have to assume that uh, there'll be one or more countries that are already CPTPP members that are not going to support Taiwan's entry prior to China's entry. So I would say nice try, Taiwan, but you're probably out of luck on that one. Keeping on mainland China, it's announced tariffs on 12 petrochemical imports from Taiwan that previously entered the mainland tariff-free. Why now and what impact will it have on Taiwan? Well, cynics say it's because of the upcoming election. January 13th is voting day here in Taiwan. And months ago, China announced that they were going to investigate trade barriers or unfair trade practices by Taiwan. The truth is Taiwan has a long list of 2,000 products that it restricts uh, from the made in China products that it won't let into Taiwan. And all of this comes out of uh, what's called the ECFA, ECFA, the Economic Cooperation Framework Agreement, which Taiwan and the mainland signed in 2010. And it allowed for uh, China China agreed at the time to priority uh, entry into the mainland market for certain goods from Taiwan, and they knew at the time that Taiwan was going to continue restrictions on, on, on certain goods made in China. Of course, the, like I said, that restriction list is like 2,000 goods long. So uh, part of this is political. Part of this is frustration uh, on the side of uh, the mainland that their goods uh, get unfair, unequal treatment. Uh, but you know that is something that they offered Taiwan way back in 2010. Uh, so the cynics are saying this is meant to influence the election? Probably not, because it's only 12 products. And uh, uh, according to the government here in Taiwan, with the 12 products that are going to face uh, tariffs, which were which previously enter China tariff-free, uh, make up a very, very small percentage of Taiwan's exports uh, to China. And the Chinese customers might buy them anyway, even with higher tariffs, especially if the producers of these petrochemicals in Taiwan, they, they pass along or, or they, take, they take the hit themselves and they try to lower the prices and they'll pay the tariffs. But if they want to keep the customers, that's their only choice. But again, the anticipation is this was more symbolic and it's not really going to have a material effect on Taiwan's economic growth in 2024. Let's go a bit broader now and talk about industrial production in general, Ross. Now, industrial production was down for the 18th straight month. When do you think this will turn the corner? 
Yeah, there's definitely some headwinds facing the Taiwan economy. Uh, you know, the Taiwan economy is heavily dependent on on uh, electronics exports, and there was good news there. Uh, you know, the, 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 the previous concerns about high inventories kind of fell away over the course of 2023. So there's good good out- outlook for electronics sector, but everything excluding electronics, I, I would say it's sluggish. And Taiwan faces a lot of competition uh, from from other countries, and some of those countries like South Korea or Japan are part of regional trading blocks. And uh, you know, people have always expressed the concern here, you know, Taiwan's absence from the RCEP or from CPTPP eventually will hurt the Taiwan economy. It's going to make Taiwan exporters le- less uh, less competitive with some of their neighbors. And I think we're starting to see, you know, unfortunately for the Taiwan economy, some of that is actually starting to happen. Uh, but yeah, the, the reality is Taiwan's economy, excluding electronics, is very, very sluggish. Thank you, Ross Feingold, Business Development Director at SafePro Group. From all of our listeners and us here at Money Talk, we wish you a very happy new year, Ross, and look forward to getting more insights on Taiwan in 2024.